Fantastic. Thank you very much for that, Tanya. And anything else that rolls through for our New South Wales meetings, we'll let you know throughout the morning here on Sky Sports Radio. Also, we will look at previewing those two race meetings after putters post-mortem. Ron Duffersey is on the panel again today. Duff, welcome back. And uh, how did your weekend go? Did you, did you find anything up there at Gosford? Yeah, I had a good day, Dave. I backed a few winners, so got out of there winning, so happy with that. It's a, another successful day, I'd say. They had a good crowd, uh, plenty of locals there enjoying the day and good racing. Track uh, was wet, but played very fair, I would have thought. And, uh, yeah, but, uh, some some good winners of the major races as well. The Rustic Seal just dominated the coast there. Um and obviously the Cup Numerian found his right race and may get a little bit of confidence out of that. And Blondeau got the best rails run you've ever seen with everyone thinking the fence was no good. He 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 took his took the rails run and proved it was all right. Yeah, interesting uh, with uh, Rustic Steel, and we'll talk about more uh, about Scone as the week unfolds and as this program unfolds. But in some Newcastle press this morning, it l- seems to be... Um, that Chris will back up Rustic Steel in the Scone Cup on Friday after his uh, good win there in the coast and also uh, a huge chance that uh, Mugger 2 will be lining up in the same race and um, it's all about that that big dance now and just getting themselves eligible and having that option uh, when it comes to the first Tuesday in November. Dino, good morning to you, mate. Uh, no doubt you had your eye on all the countries racing but especially what was happening there at Morfordville. Yeah, there was plenty on, Dave, wasn't there? Uh, plenty to uh, enjoy. Uh, Caulfield was okay, but yeah, the Group 1 action was at Morfordville with the Sangster Stakes and uh, our first Group 1 for a very good young rider in Ethan Brown and uh, the Ma Eustace show rolling on. Um, they straight to the front and that was the end of the race. Certainly was, and Glenn Munsey joins us as well. Glenn, how was your weekend? How did it all end up there on Friday at uh, the Joker and the Thief at Terrigal? Yes, uh, good morning to you, Dave. Good morning to Ronnie. Good morning to Dean and everyone tuned in. Yes, it was a good uh, afternoon there at the Joker and the Thief of a full house. Uh, they've kept it, they've limited their numbers to what they think is comfortable, Dave, but they had no trouble uh, selling it out there. Uh, I'm sure the people had a very entertaining afternoon with our special guest there. We had Sammy, Sammy Clipperton and uh, Josh Parr uh, up first, followed by Ronnie Duffersey and Brenton Abdullah, and then we brought it home with the big guns in uh, Chris Lees and the man that stole the show there Friday afternoon. No, the, none other than the inimitable Bjorn Baker. And uh, he, <laughs> he was very, form. very glowing about his uh, trip to Warrnambool, I must admit. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the coast. By the way, we're going to open the phone lines straight away. So if you've got a question on the weekend's racing for our panel of uh, Ron Duffercy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey, get involved with the show and call 13 13- 53-53. That's 13-53-53. So we touched on, obviously, uh, just in the little opener there, Duff, about uh, the winner, which was Rustic Steel. What about uh, the second horse and some of the other runs to come out of the coast over the 1600? Well, it was just so hard to read because it was the dead set procession up front and, and an experienced lightweight jockey in J4 just summed the situation up where a few of the others uh, didn't. So we, we probably lost our leader uh, early in that race when uh, obviously, Morris's me dad didn't show his usual speed uh, back to the mile, and uh, Jay just seized on the opportunity. He went straight to the front. The horse relaxed beautifully. A president left him alone, and he sprinted home to victory. And why wouldn't you back him up next week? It was like a track gallop. Um, I think of the beaten brigade, Old, Old Flame's a nice horse. I, I think there's more to come from him, whether it's going to be this prep or next. Uh, our playboy just was out sprinted, giving the winner eight kilos. 
Uh, Kikou was okay late. I, I want to back Steinem shortly. Uh, uh, wide, no cover, and that style of race didn't suit. So I think probably coming out of the race, I, I want to, considering it was only second or third up, uh, Steinem could be the horse to follow out of the race. Okay. Uh, and what about uh, O President? He was, was good. Some fractures before, yeah. Yeah, he's he's put two together now, so he he might be uh, back in business. He's always had a little bit of uh, a rap on him, and he was just out sprinted by Rustic Steel. They had similar types of runs, and they they both stuck it out pretty well. He's uh, Munzer, he's for sale online we'll at the moment, O President. Yeah, I, I think I read that. Yeah, so he might be a nice little pick up for someone. Um, Munz, I was just going to come to you. What was was it? One of the most open. Races of the day in terms of betting. What was it? Six dollars the field. Um, well, it got to six dollars the field there, Dave. But I think we had three races there during the day that were very, very close to six dollars the field. The, the highway and the midway, but that's typical of them. Um, you know, probably the best supported runners in the race would have been O President, uh, who was as much as thirteen and as short as nine dollars. Um, the winner did did firm, but not dramatically. He got out from six fifty to eight dollars, and then sort of came back in from that point. Party for one. Uh, was 14 into single figures and then finished on the double-figure line. But, you know, there was plenty of horses that sort of, you know, held their mark there. Cuckoo was another firmer there. Um, I, I did go into the race and thought Steinem, had, you know, was well over the odds. But poor um, Bretton Abdullah, just the race didn't fall the right way for him. He, he wanted to be positive, but that, they didn't. It, it didn't have enough speed to probably press right on or whether or not he wanted to press right on to be outside the lead. And he, he just covered the ground there. And um, just too good a ride on the winner, dictating the terms to suit himself. All right. Uh, and Dino, you have um, obviously have seen Old Flame in the flesh a couple of times there in Melbourne. Um, Duff quite, a, quite keen to follow him. Are you in the same boat with Old Flame? Yeah, I think uh, Blinkers had a pretty good effect Saturday. He ran really well. It was just a smart ride on the leader. And I thought he ran as well as the race allowed him to. Let's jump down now to the big group one there in Adelaide uh, where we saw, of course, Ethan Brown. Tell us a little bit about Ethan Brown. We see his name pop up, but for the Sydney audience, Dino, um, he's been punching around. He's a young bloke. He seems to get a lot of opportunities for Matt Laurie when I see him in the form guide. Yeah, Matt Laurie, Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace. uh, There's a few stables that he really hones in on. He was our champion apprentice in Melbourne two consecutive years, uh, I think from two... 2016 to 2018, I think, from memory. Uh, but uh, he's a, a very good rider. He's a heavyweight, uh, but uh, he certainly made the most of this opportunity and uh, went straight to the front and actually rolled them along at a, a good speed, which wasn't the case in a lot of the races in Adelaide Saturday. They crawled in a few of them, but uh, he rolled them along and she was going to win a long way out and uh, kept going. Uh, the uh, perennials in Group 1 class uh, in away game and September run ran very well. Bella Nipatina wasn't too bad. Uh, Brooklyn Hustle doing what she does, running on late in Argentia. I was keen on her. She just got in an awkward spot and had uh, a ruffian gaze gree laying all over on the home turn and just didn't get a chance to really get going. And I thought late in the race she was quite good. I haven't had a chance to analyse all the races in Adelaide, but uh, not that I usually do, but, I mean, well, they were all fencing run there. Was there any bias on the day or...? 
I think there probably was a bit, Ronnie, and I think this race exposed it, but I couldn't say with a few of the other sprint races, Serides led at an absolutely farcical speed and just ran up 400 metres, basically. She had just had to win. Uh, and then you go to the, the mile race, Silent Sovereign. She came around them. Foxy Frieda, closer to the inside, should have won. So they made ground there and uh, the other sprint race on the program free of debt was the he was just uh, just behind the leader Sava to excel and they ran one two but the inferno ran third and came from a long way back so i think there was probably a slight leaning to the inside but not as accentuated as some punters may have thought you yeah uh, had it uh, through the day okay all right so Gino, there's a couple of texts on the text line uh wanting to know your thoughts on mask up we saw simon wild have a fantastic uh, campaign there at uh, Warrnambool and he produced uh, mask, mask Up the real impact gelding for Price Bloodstock there. Uh, is this a horse you think we should follow or is it off to uh, Hong Kong? Or? Well he's four year old rising five so I don't think he'll be going to Hong Kong. Okay. Um, he uh, did a, a good job. That was a benchmark 64 so it was a low, low sort of grade race on a group one day. Uh, he did a good job. He can win off that performance. He'd win midweek Melbourne. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he did a good enough job. And if he can get further, which I think he probably will, uh, you know, that might be where his future lies. All right, perfect. There you go to that particular no-name on that text, but thank you for texting in. And as we said before, 1350-353 is the open line number. Let's uh, go up to the Hollandale Duff, the Tab Hollandale Stakes, where we saw... Zaki win at uh, 145 and uh, Chris Waller get second and third there with Polly Gray and Kukaracha. Yeah, very heavy track, wasn't it? So um, he did the job. He's uh, he's just untouchable at the moment. He's going really well. He's a you know good frame of mind. He's fresh. He's well. He's healthy and and he he, he ticked off the very. That was pretty heavy that track, uh, heavier than we thought. And he did the job. It was interesting comments from McDonald who said he was going to really take off with him and he saw a, a, a bird or something on the track or a duck or something and he said he, he hesitated and, and looked at it for a, a hundred metres or so and he said uh, it settled him down a little bit. He says otherwise he would have took charge of me and, and took off. So he's a, he's a quirky horse for an older horse but he's, um, you know, he, uh, he nicknames him King Kong. I think he's well named. Uh, Polly well, Gray, he, well... well Polly Gray's just a wet track, as we know that, and she ran right up to a form, and it's just so hard to gauge the other hit. And I don't know what was happening with Ayrton there. Uh, Shouldn't have been sh- there. No, straight and, straight to 1,800, and, yeah, I think... Second up off an illness. Yeah, yeah. it was a big ask. And then, really, you know, taking it to Ayrton early, uh, to, uh, to Zaki early. Uh, no, Not I think they move. got that wrong. Yeah, no. exactly. It'll, it'll be interesting um, what's going to happen up there in Brisbane this week. The weather forecast yeah, is shocking. absolutely horrendous. Mm. Um, the trials are off at the Gold Coast today. They've been pushed back till Thursday. Uh, but they're tipping, you know, 40, 50 mils of rain. And we've got the 10,000 on Saturday. Is there any consideration to move it across the road? We, we don't have the Gaza Strip there anymore. Nudgy Road. We're all the one big happy family. And, you know, if Doom is going to be a heavy 14, <laughs> Eagle Farm might be an 8. It might be worth thinking about early, actually, um, because it's, you know, Doobin doesn't hold a quarter well, of the Raiders' no. single farm. Well, 60 on Wednesday, 40 on Thursday, and 50 on Friday. Well, that's off. Uh, yeah, that's what they're, that's what they're tipping. And, that's and, and so, both, yeah. nearly, wouldn't it? Be, yeah. Oh, no, Eagle Farm, Eagle, well, they, they typically put, you know, 60, 70 mils of irrigation on Eagle Farm in the lead-up to the races. Um, and Eagle Farm is playing a whole lot better uh, than, than what it did. I think this is reconstruction number 138, 
Um, but it, it has played very, very well the last few meetings at Eagle yeah, Farm, and it can cop a lot more rain than Doomba. Okay, so we'll watch this space. It would be, it'd be interesting to see when that, if there is a decision made on that uh, when it's done um, this particular week. But uh, that market, that all-in market, is open, isn't it? Still on the ten thousand months where Marzu yeah, yeah. Is well, the um, the noms came out the other day. Uh, Marzu is the the favourite for the the ten thousand on Saturday. You could have had as much as eight dollars about it in the uh, pre-noms market. And uh, now a two dollar fifty uh, favourite there, and uh, just looking at some of the others here, I'll put it back into price order. I'm just actually updating my spreadsheet, Dave. On well, that. you got the wet trackers at the top of the market, and that's obviously Mazoo and Endermat. They've set up their form on pretty wet tracks. So yeah, well, count the re- well. You got Mazoo two dollars fifty, then eight dollars each of four. Endermat, who's a wet tracker, count the rupee who comes off the Winter Eagle Farm, but is not all that adept on very heavy going. Entrevier, the Kiwi. Now she worked between races at the Gold Coast on Saturday. Is an $8 chance. Isotopes at $8. Well, he got sent home from Sydney because um, when he struck the wet track was at Rose Hill. Um, and Tony Gollan said there's no point leaving him in Sydney at $8. Special K is there as a $9 chance. Well, he got through the wet all right at Randwick. Uh, you've got Generation at 11 Paul Lely at 15 and then out to $26 chances. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll know a whole lot more how that field uh, pans out. I think, it's, I think it's a normal Wednesday acceptance for that. Uh, let me go back here and I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, I think it's still just a normal Wednesday acceptance. Um, Jamie Carr's going up to ride Generation in that race uh, on Saturday. Okay. All right. What's what's Jamie riding? She's riding the Ma Eustace horse, isn't she? Yeah, Generation, yep. Generation. And that was the only horse they allowed them to accept with, isn't it? Um, or well, it nominate. Wasn't a, it, it wasn't a, an... Ex, well, the, the noms for the Stratty were only... Might have been last week. Yeah, and may not have been the shut-off times of all of the the other Group Ones who, you know, all the basically you can say all the Eagle Farm races where the shut-off was last Monday, and yeah. the Mar Eustace Stable missed that, uh, but they, they've uh, they managed to get Generation. He's never been on a heavy track Generation, but three goes on the soft uh, for two wins. One of them in the Red Anchor was a soft five at Mooney Valley. Uh, the other win on the was placed in the. Yeah, at the Valley on a soft six, and its other win on the soft. Let me go back and have a look at it. Was yeah, the Valley a second was run race at Caulfield soft five? So it's only ever been, you know, it's only got to a six. Yeah, that um, Valley was worse than that. That was Cox Plate day. It was raining oh, okay. through the day, so it was getting worse as the day <laughs> went on. Just, just on uh, before we get to our first caller, just on that story that came out last week where we had, uh, you know, the the Ma used to stable in a position where they. They were, you know, missed that opportunity to get their horses into. Um, is that um, if any of gins have been in the process of it with being involved with stables? Is racing Queensland or does racing New South Wales or racing Victoria? Do they make contact with the stables, a big stable like that, to say, "Hey guys, we know that you, you know, you might be sending a big team, just letting you know that this is happening." Does that happen, or is it pretty much left up to? your own devices to, to get it in, and if you miss the boat, well, that's your problem. How does it, how does it work? Uh, they usually yeah, I think have someone bring you. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you had an yeah, enterprising yeah. racing manager, they'd be the first on the phone when yeah, they were yeah. seeing the nominations come through that yeah. there was none from Kieran Maher and David Eustace, who no one in Australia trains more horses than Kieran Maher and David Eustace. You'd say to yourself, mm. now, hang on. There's got to be something happened here. In the past, mm. there's been some, some dramas with... Um, New Zealand uh, nominating, they might have got the time difference wrong, or I know it's happened sometimes, especially Magic Millions time, uh, with the, with the 
daylight savings and no daylight savings. But as I said, an enterprising racing manager um, would be saying, big stables missing out here. What's going on? And it, it has happened in the past that the the club has rung a trainer to say, what's going on? We've got no nominations from you. Yeah. Mm. Was it nominations or first acceptances? No, it was nominations. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah so very, yeah, very surprising. Uh, all right, let's get our first caller. Mark's on the line. Good morning, Mark. Morning, boys. Uh, before I get to Dean, uh, thanks, Duff. Uh, Rustic Steel, I, I, he wasn't in my book, but you talked me into him. Thanks, mate. Oh, beauty. Uh, Dina. Yes, Mark. What's happened to Daisy? spoke last week. She's vanished from the market. Has she? Okay, well, yeah. she must be spelling. Uh, yeah, that's odd. What I've got to miss, huh? Uh, she's had, what's she had, four? Um, three, three, I think. She, yeah, she's had two trips to, to Adelaide, which that can, uh, yeah, uh, she's listed as spelling, yep. So yeah, uh, she's out of business. She had, uh, no, she had, she's had uh, four runs, the two at uh, Flemington, Mooney Valley, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, the two yeah. in Adelaide, and uh, yeah, the two trips Valley, to Adelaide. Yeah. She had a pretty hard run in that Australasian Oaks. Yeah, okay. I think I've got another one, Dana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you reckon? Uh, well, I'm going to mention Yaffet in about 35 minutes' time. So, yes, yeah, I think he went terrific on Saturday. Good man. Derby this week. Bring it on. Yes, exactly. Thanks, mate. Fantastic. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, that's South Australian Derby market. So I'll come back to you here, Munns. Um, Allegron, I see, and Detonator Jack are both equal favourites in that all-in market. Uh, let me bring that up, Dave. I've, I'm, as I said, I'm in Brisbane mode at the moment, not South no, Australia. No, that's right. But I'll, if, if you're, oh, there, all in market, South Australian Derby. There it is. Um, we have uh, Allegron, the $3 favourite here, over Detonator Jacket 4. Harley Moven okay. uh, is an $8 chance. Jungle Magnate at 9 and Yaffet was $13. Well, it is at the moment. I'm tipping at 10 o'clock at shorter. Uh, Commander Harry, uh, El Zami, and the nephew all at $18. And then, now, how do we pronounce this one, uh, the Irish pronunciation, Dino? You've seen more of it than me, because if um, I said its name was Cladma Moore, I know that it'd be five miles away from its yeah, it's one. Clydemore, I think. It's not that far off. Yeah. Clyde. Oh, okay. Yeah, Clyde, Clydemore? Clydemore. 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 Yeah. And then uh, Fear the X. Well, that's a nice one for you if you're <laughs> going through any dramas at the moment. Uh, T Waters and Turfy are all $26, but that uh, is Saturday, the South Australian derby. Yeah, I that, know that, that, that yeah, market's sorry, moved. That, that market's moved in the last 20 minutes. Um, uh, is... Yes, because uh, I know there's 600 gone on Allegra on this morning, uh, and there has been a price change after that. Detonator Jack, there's been nothing in, invested on it today. Uh, let me go back here. When I, before I come on air, it was three fifty each at two, so it's three and four dollars now. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, just on detonator Jack, uh, Dino. I mean, obviously uh, Yaffet will be one of your horses to follow, but mm. he is definitely. Would you say that he would be a benchmark, or do you think they've got it right there at the moment, the market with Allegron being the the benchmark? Uh, 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 well, Allegron's been placed in two derbies, so he's the benchmark. Uh, and the uh, X Factor in the race is Detonator Jack because he's just come out of nowhere virtually uh, in three or four runs and he's unbeaten and he, again, uh, like they did with Hitotsu, we haven't seen him for a few weeks so it's not as though he's forefront of your mind too but uh, he's he's very good and I like 
yeah, I, I think I think he's got something pretty good about him. But uh, Allegron's a good chance. Yaffet. Uh, uh, the thing that interests me about Yaffet is Cliffy Brown's won the South Australian Derby twice before he went overseas, and they were both on seven-day backups. And he scratched Yaffet from last week, ran him on Saturday, and he goes in. He'll go in on a seven-day backup. So he's using the the formula that he's used before. Very and Two hundred and fifty-two dollars now invested on Yaffet since we started talking about it. All right, we'll take a break and see if there's more investment. It's 9.28 on Sky Sports Radio. Here with Ron Doversey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey. Give us a call right now, 13 53 53. That's the phone number to ask the boys uh, any questions on the weekend. Skipped breakfast? Right up. More importantly, Cookie, we get to Canterbury today. Where are we going? What are we doing? Well, this, so I'm, I've won last week. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, 2-1, yeah, yeah. granted, yeah. Um, and then I also got my tip up. Let's not forget to mention Oh, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Cookie. No, you've got to either Well, you've got to give credit where credit's due. Well, I do give credit where credit's due. And you're just trying to brush over the outfield. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. Well done, Cookie. You, you did so do fine. very well last weekend. <laughs> that hurts him big time. <laughs> you should have seen that sad look that just went all over. Kicking the dirt. The Big Sports Breakfast. Weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio. Australasia's next generation of sail and track stars are set to shine at the 2022 Magic Millions National Wheeling Sale on the Gold Coast. From the sail source of stars to star Piero and Golden Slipper winners stay inside comes the cream of the latest wheeling crop. Australia's leading sires all have representation as well as stock by 24 exciting first season stallions. The Magic Millions National Wheeling Sale, May 19 and 20 on the Gold Coast. To view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com.au. Lord Mayor's Community Day is a firm family favourite. Packing in a host of free kids' activities, including Paw Patrol live stage shows, amusement rides and much more, all against the backdrop of thrilling racing. Entry is free on May 21st at Rose Hill Gardens. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem. You both certainly are, and you've got Ron Doversey, Dean Lester, and Glenn Munsey joining the team today. So if you've got a question for the boys, 135353. There's a text on the text line here. Uh, and, Dean, I'm sorry for this question without notice, but, uh, Dave, a question for Dean. Uh, can you ask him to for his thoughts on the ride by Josh Richards on thought of that? Jumped, restrained, sat back off the field, four wide, no cover, finished 2.7 lengths off winner and ran... 1,700 metres. Struggling to understand the tactics given he won three in a row leading last prep and struggling struggling to understand why Josh rode him that way. Your thoughts? I didn't see this race, so you know, sorry if it's uh, a, a curveball but that uh, text comes in from LP. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, so, thought of that when he won those races, he had a bit of racing under his belt and they went to the front. He was first up on Saturday. Uh you can read little things into the form guide. The blinkers were off him, so I thought that that meant that they were going to ride him off pace to get him to settle. Uh, it didn't uh, didn't really help his cause. If he goes forward, he only goes forward to be three wide because Imperial Lad would lead him. Uh, so he and uh, Mar and Par was holding its spot, so he would have worked up the hill and been three wide, but it ended up being doing less work but being four wide. Uh, he ran very well. I wouldn't say I wouldn't be negative on Josh Richards. I would say that that horse was first up, blinkers off. He's a much better horse with the blinkers on. And uh, next time out, uh, probably 17, 1800, the blinkers will go back on and he'll go back to his usual pattern with a, with a day at the races under his belt. 
Okay, all right, there we go. Thank you for your text, LP. Uh, Duff, back into Gosford. Uh, you mentioned with the boys Resonator. Uh, that's the big sports breakfast team this morning, and there's been a, a few texts on Resonator, who was uh, very good in race number one at Gosford. He was. You know, like these last uh, couple of two-year-old races we've seen at Hawkesbury and um, here at Gosford, I think they're quite solid races. And this fella, he's a beautiful horse, and he's got a great little attitude. He's gelded this preparation. He's two from two. I know, look, and I know we're working with heavy track form, and it can be a little bit dangerous, but um, he's just got something about him um, with ability and attitude that I like a lot. So, And I think it's a strong enough race. I think Zoo Tiger's going to be a better horse next preparation. Northern Beaches is a lovely horse, and probably not as wound up as most of that field there with only one soft trial going in. Um, yeah, so I, personally, I think Resonator and Northern Beaches are probably horses to follow uh, if they pop up in Brisbane and the, the market disregards them, which I, I doubt. Okay. Yeah, speaking of good two-year-olds, what did you make of Lincoln Square, Dino, who was, I thought, visually quite impressive in that first at Caulfield on Saturday? Yeah, he did a good job, Dave. Uh, first start at the races, uh, he'd been trialling very well, uh, and I often think it's quite tricky for the two-year-olds to win first go at 1,200, but uh, not only that, he went to the front. Uh, he probably was very well rated in front, and... Uh, uh, got away with the prize there. Liberty Steps and Merchant Prince are good barometers, though, because Liberty Steps had won really well his previous start. Merchant Prince had run well in a Blue Diamond. Uh, the other horse that was well in the betting there, Maximilius, he's, he trials like a very good horse, but race day he just gets too wound up and hasn't got it right yet uh, on his two days at the races. So there's definitely talent there, but same with the winner. Uh, he was uh, the unraced horse in the field, so he gave every runner experience and, and gave them a beating and, and very professional. All right. Back over to Adelaide, Dino. I'll get you again here. Text on the text line. Hey, guys, can you ask Dino about the winner of the last in Adelaide? I am Benny. And his thoughts, is this a horse we should be following big time? Uh, I am Benny. Um, it, was, it was a very good win uh, in the... Uh, that it was a really high-pressure race and uh, for a 1,050-metre race and did a good job. And Andrew Clarkin does a good job with a small team. Uh, again, this was only a benchmark 64, but I'd be happy to back him through a few grades pretty... Uh, or her, I should say, through a few grades pretty quickly in Adelaide. Uh, might be able to sneak to Melbourne, but certainly uh, can win and uh, keep winning in Adelaide. All right. There we go. Uh, to that particular text on the text line, uh, Daryl. Now, here's another text for you. Uh, lots of text this morning, boys. Text for you here, Munns. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, followed in Hammer on two starts ago, or uh, the start at Gosford, uh, at Canterbury when the money was off the charts. Left it out at Gosford. Can you ask Munns if there was similar big money for it on Saturday? Uh, hammer on, which they did. Uh, I see it's gone for a spell, too, on Riser, so off to the, uh, the paddock, but... They backed it like it was unbeatable at Canterbury and um, they left it in, didn't they, Glenn? Yes, they did. That was uh, to main stage and he confirms the detonator jack form. Of course, that's why uh, he was, I, I think, as big a go as what he was at Canterbury because he came off that second to detonator jack and detonator jack was made one of the picks for the South Australian derby at that point in time. So he came to town with a, a placing and actually gave detonator jack half a kilo. He went to a benchmark 72 at Canterbury. He was very, very well supported there. But main stage just dictated the terms of the race to suit himself on on that day and, and held Hammer on. Uh, but he, he went to that race on Saturday. It was a... 
excuse me, a benchmark 78. So he, he went up in grade from a 72 to a 78, but he dropped from 56.5 to 53. He got blinkers on and he got eight kilos off military mission. He went up the favourite in the morning, uh, a $2.50 chance. He did get out. The boys, I think you'll find, made him the lay of the day on Saturday. Um, got out to around about 3.40, 3.50, but he was still very, very well supported because it was a race where they only wanted two horses, military mission and hammer on. And just that last little bit as military mission uh, just drifted back towards the inside. Rachel King stopped riding, tried to drag him off what she thought was inferior ground on the inside there. And that Eight kilo weight swing was enough to get Hammer on home uh, the last little bit. So he, he did run a loser, but so did Military Mission. What did you make of him, Duff? Hammer on. I like him a lot. I like the first two a lot. That's the strongest 78 staying race I, I can remember for a while. Um, I think they're both... They ran, a, they ran a record, didn't they? Yeah. Or a new well, track record? Well, no, only because they bought no. the, the distance back at 20 the metres. Back, okay. Yeah, yeah. So... I think they're very good horses, both of them. Um, I think military mission's a spring prospect. I early crowed him too. I did too. Don't talk about it. <laughs> I bet up. I bet up on Hammeron at Canterbury, and I bet up on military mission at Gosford. So I'm on the wrong side <laughs> of the fence with both of them. Uh, but I love and them both. And you still like them. Yeah. I love them both. I just really think he's in his first racing preparation this time. Like you said, he's got that form around that horse that's one of the dead data jack. And uh, military mission is an import that's going somewhere. He's got, he can put himself on the speed. He can coast and he can quicken. He can carry weight. And I think he's going to get better even again in the spring. I'm, I'm really... Um, really wrapped in this race, and I'm I'm going to go to the line with it. Is it one of those uh, things when you say like two out of the same race stuff that uh, not that you're concerned about they're on the same path, but they're going to be obviously on similar trajectories? Do you think in terms of the po- races they're going to appear in the spring? Uh, yeah, possibly, uh, possibly. You know, Chris will pick his mark, and um, still got a couple of grades to work with so he, he's not one to deep end one unless he he likes them a lot but interesting that he went and, and you know just to get his rating up a little there at his fourth start in a race and and um look after him until the spring and the other horse well um he's just he's a seasoned well import he will be next preparation with a you know this prep under his belt in australia so and they did run i know they're two differently run races but they did run a second quicker than the cup um, so even maybe even a little bit more than the second quicker than the cup. So I think that all points to it being strong form. All right. Well, let's talk about the Gosford Gold Cup. Uh, what did you make of the winner there of Numerian? Yep, uh, I liked him, and I thought that was his race, and he delivered. I think the he's been a horse that you know he's been pretty well deep ended since he's arriving here, and he's run well in a couple of big races, including a Doncaster. So they found the right race for him. Hopefully, he can get his confidence from that. And, yeah, look, I, I, I don't know if there's a little pickings for him in Queensland because he's up and running with confidence now. I don't think he's a horse that could take on, you know, his stable mate, really, in, in Linzaki. But there's got to be something for him, um, you know, around that 2,200 metre mark for sure. OK. All right. Uh, Dino, any comments on the Gosford Gold Cup? Uh, no, I thought that was that was a good effort uh, by the Numerian. Uh, I think he's... Uh, 
steadily building. Uh, he, he did a good job to win on Saturday, but uh, like Duff, that restricted race on Saturday, I think, uh, is the race that uh, I'll be more, even more interested in of the of the staying ranks out of uh, Gosford on uh Saturday, I thought the effort of uh, the second horse was terrific with the big weight, and he still gets a bit hot, Duff, doesn't he? Uh, he was he had one run down here last year, military mission, and he he just melted. But uh, he's getting better with racing, but still still got a bit to uh, go there. Yeah, I think I think there's more to come, and uh, he's in the right stable to sort of mm. uh, get that out of him and toughen him up a bit. Which I'm not saying yeah. he's not tough at the moment. Okay, Munz, um, I comment here on one of yours because I know you've mentioned it. In your horses to follow and on the punters panel, Maroney. Um, what did you make of Maroney's run? Is he a horse you're still going to follow? Uh, no, Dave. Um, Off. When it, it pulled up lame at Ramwick, uh, and I was probably a little bit surprised it was as hard in the market uh, as it was on Saturday because it was only one out of five lame at Ramwick, but it was gone 800 from home. Uh, and, you know, one out of five lame is, you know, it's, no. I think it's no, just an excuse it that it went no good. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, um, Jason Collett said in the uh, in the, the stewards after the race, he said it didn't really handle the track. But uh, I was very very surprised it was as hard in the market as it was. Uh, I went the wrong way in the race. Duff went the right way. I went the wrong way. I went Great House to beat New Marion and Breton Abdullah said he, he he just coming back from twenty six hundred to two thousand. When Papa Papalino, I nearly said Papalihi, thought I was doing the football. Uh, when Papalino sort of went round them at about the eight hundred. Um, he, he just sort of couldn't pick up uh, Great House, and uh, he, he still was a good effort, uh, I thought. But uh, you know, th- they had plenty on the rest of them because y- you looked at third and fourth. Well, Mirren uh, hadn't done a great deal its first run in Australia, and, and Sweet Thomas needs another lap. We've got Ash on the line uh, on Punters Post Morning this morning. Good morning, Ash. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we all? Very hey, good. Ash. What's on your, your mind, mate? Oh, just uh, your. Uh... What do you think of the, um, the concept of the big dance on Melbourne Cup Day? Um, was it for, um, do you think it's for the country trainers to try to get them a chance to go to the, um, to the big stadium race for big money? Or is it for um, the big trainers in Sydney like Chris Waller winning the Wagga Cup um, to encourage them to come down to the country cups and try to encourage the racing that way? I'm just trying to work out what the concept of it's for. Is it for the country Great trainers, or is it for the big city trainers to come down to the country? I think it's promoting country racing. Personally, I think it's getting the big trainers to the country cups, and uh, you know, I, I think uh, it's going to be for the highest qualified horses anyway. You think the, the I think it's the top twenty. I think um, I'm not sure, but it's uh, no, the, the, the highest. Well, there's, there's twenty five. I think yeah. there's twenty five or twenty four races. Yes. First two out of each of those. There's yeah. a wild card race bef- uh, the week before, and then those. I think it's fifty or fifty two horses that are qualified. It is then done on a benchmark system uh, as to the horses that will get into the field. So the the country and, horses and winners get winners get preference. Well, yeah, first and second yeah. of those races, uh, yeah, they're the only they're the only ones that can run in it. But, um, but you know, uh, there are some country cup car- uh, races that city trainers have always targeted, and Wagga is one of them. Port Macquarie is another. Um, Scone, which will be a qualifying race. Uh, this year on Friday and a lot of trainers are just saying oh, I think he's an ideal horse for the big dance. Uh, Chris Lee, that's that's why he's going to back up Rustic Steel. Um, 
you know, the, 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 the pure country horse is at a disadvantage because his benchmark won't be strong enough to go against the horses, the, the city horses that manage to run one to in any cup if they're all yeah. qualified. I think people are getting it wrong thinking it's been put on for the country no. horses uh, and that's where we're going to get a blow up because it ha- it's not being put on for the country horses. We know that. It's to promote the country cups. Exactly, and it, and I think it'll do a really good job. It'll lift this, the, the the quality of horse, um, and I, I think it's it's got to serve a purpose. This one, I really do. Uh, correct. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right there. I think uh, with our other races like the Country Championships and Kosciuszko, they're obviously yeah. country uh, country only horses. But yeah, this one was never just for for country uh, horses. Uh, and just on the flip side of that. Yes, we saw Chris Waller win the Wagga Cup, but only by a bee's you-know-what. Um, Keith tried and nearly spoiled the party there, and he's a marvellous trainer and a wonderful interview, Keith. I had him on the program last week, and he said, this horse, Dream Runner, um, they've completely got this price wrong. He'll run a great race. And Tyler Schiller, what a carnival he had there at Wagga too, not only winning the town plate, but also, as I said, nearly winning the, the Wagga Cup. Just on that town plate, boys, I know that you were tied up last week um, Duff, but if you, did you catch a replay of that win? What a, you know, what a what a horse! Um, that was unbelievable to watch. Front page, yeah, front page in the yeah, town. Oh, plate. Yeah, no, he was terrific, and I just hope he can get him to the Kosciuszko this year uh, because he's had a bad luck when going into grand finals, hasn't he? But uh, that was some win, and the market knew too because they were all over him. And uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't miss that win, and I don't think too many did. Interesting. Um, nothing confirmed, obviously, from the Jurea stable, but they're obviously quite keen to to get him back to uh, to Melbourne, Adino, uh, down the straight. Uh, Jeff obviously enjoys heading south uh, because it's less travel time for him, and he hasn't had those dramas like he has had heading north to Sydney. Um, now, when is that big? Um, that uh, is it, the Kreswick, which is the race that he, he won last year, front page down the street. Yeah, no, it's a three-year-old race, so it's two years ago. Okay, so he won, won that, or, right? No, yeah, so but we've got a series right the way through called the All Victorian Sprint Series. There's a heat virtually every second week down the straight at Flemington, so they're running for 160,000 every second week down the straight um, over the winter, and culminates in a, I think, a $200,000 final, I think, or a listed final anyway. Uh, so there's yeah, and then there's the Ori Star. And then there's the Bobby Lewis, and then if he's going to the Kosciuszko, so be it. But he's got, he's probably got six straight races he can choose from over the next three or four months. Okay, fantastic. And then what do we make of the uh, the Wagga Cup? While we were just talking about the Wagga Cup, there, um, obviously Chris Waller got the job done there uh, with Elias, but the second horse, uh, I tell you what, there must have been a few locals as well on the second horse because by oh boy, they gave it a roar when it um, darted up the inside. Duff. Yep, uh, he's a nice progressive horse. The winner, he's beautifully ridden. Uh, but he's a nice progressive horse. There's upside to him, and uh, he'll be treated with kid gloves and nurtured through um, our way here. And, uh, yeah, he, he's he's an improver for sure. Okay, beautiful. We'll take it on the break, boys. It's 9.46 on Punters Postmortem. Laurie Daly here. The Racing League delivers Australia's best ownership experience with their horses currently boasting a 31% winning strike rate. Emerging two-year-old Luna Rocks looks to be special. Bowling in last start in town and now on the way to the listed Woodlands Classic at the Scone standalone. You can still own your share of Luna Rocks by going to trl.net and buying into the New South Wales Tycoons seven-horse racing team for just $260. TRL. 
www.wearwithmeradelaide.net. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. One in six Australian children are living in poverty. Eight-year-old Anna doesn't have what she needs to keep up at school. With your help, children like Anna can access the learning support they need so they can build a better future. Search the Smith family and donate today. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. You're with... Uh... Dean Lester, Ron Duffersink, Glenn Munger this morning on Punters Postmortem. Uh, before we get to the gentleman's horses to follow, Duff, I'll come to you. The, the Bordley Wines Takeover Target was run on Saturday there at Gosford. And I heard you chatting before with the Big Sports Breakfast team. Blondo got the Dream Rails run. And we just spoke about Wagga and that uh, Chad Schofield. Good to see him back and riding some winners for Chris Waller. Yep, and probably the right time to do it with uh, McDonald probably uh, heading overseas and a few of the other boys may take a winter break, so he'll be looking for another, you know, to look after the people that are riding well for him, and Chad might be the beneficiary of that, because he did, uh, it was a cool ride, he's a horse that went on this day last year, I think he won a benchmark 78 um, over the 1200 last year, and he comes back this year and wins the takeover target uh, first up. Um, the Kiwi went a really good race there, Gaspod, he's a real wet tracker, looking at his form. Majestic shot just got held up and probably should have finished a touch close. It was a messy, messy race because there was a lot of interference there. You know, Oscar Zulu had no luck. I thought Lord Olympus uh, was back, but he, he, he moved to the outside and he was going to really rush home. And I reckon he might have been in the finish there. Uh, so keep an eye on him if Mark or Mark will find the right race for him. And he'll be hard to beat next time. And... Well, what do we want to say about the others? Like I say, it's a, a bit of a messy race with a bit of interference and shuffling up, and the beneficiaries are obviously the horse that got an uninterrupted run and the other horse uh, no, got no trouble up near the front, the Egerspodden. Yeah, it's a lot to uh, dissect in the stewards' report, especially around uh, Strange Charm, etc. Um, what, what about horses... Moving forward, how I mean, in, I know it's it's messy and it's hard to assess those. Or, I mean, are you going to stick with the winner, or do you just sort of put a question mark beside the winner because of what was happening behind him, Duff? Yeah, he's been a bit of a deceiver in the past, so mm. um, he's resumed well. As far as moving forward, I would think, uh, I think if if Majestic shot back, she's a really genuine mare. If she backed up at something, something in Scone, I'd be respecting her. And I'd, like I said, I, I think Lord Olympus is the one that just might slip the system there. He was big on Saturday and he was big odds first up. There's merit in both of his runs back. There's no doubt about it. Let's get to our next caller. Mark's on the line. Another Mark. Good morning, mate. Yes, yes good morning all. And hello to uh, Dean Lester. Uh, about the Hollywood Park runner from Saturday. Uh, Dean, I'll be, have my eye on this one. Yeah, he led. He went at pretty solid speed. Uh, just probably needed the either needed the run at two thousand metres, or he doesn't run at one or the other. Uh, we'll see what Peter Moody does with him. But don't, yeah, don't drop off him. He's a really nice horse. 
Was that better at a mile, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think you're probably right. I think a mile. And he could lead at a mile and, and yeah. just roll along. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm not giving up on him at all. He, he he ran a good race on Saturday. Just the last 200 really found him out. Yeah, right out. Thanks very much, Dean. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for your call. Now, here's a, another little curveball, but you may have seen it, Duff or Dino. Did you see the Derby trial winner overnight? No? No. Yes. No. Okay. You don't uh, miss much, no. mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, no. Well, no, not me. Uh, there's a text just saying, can you ask Dino and Duff on their thoughts on the Derby trial? Um, looks an absolute beast. Apparently, um, it's called Stone Age. So okay. that's all right. It's not Kurt, I'm is sure it? We'll... I was just going to say, have we lost <laughs> our, have we lost our <laughs> international correspondent? I know, I know. No, <laughs> and and it would be uh, would be topical if he did comment because being a horse called Stone, yes, age, yeah. uh, being in that <laughs> profession, back at his job uh, for multiple reasons. Now, what about um, the uh, James Dorn? Another text here. Did a lot of international stuff. Maybe he's on the text line, Kurt. Um, obviously, the Doyler that was last weekend, wasn't it? Dino winning the the two guineas there, the thousand and the two thousand, and uh, he was quite emotional after that uh, that win on the well, the first uh, day, wasn't he? When uh, he, he he got the job uh, done for the Godolphin team. Yes, yeah, indeed. Uh, he had a, had a great weekend there, and uh, they they've got a marvellous uh, three year old crop uh, this season. Godolphin, um, Coolmore will be chasing them hard, but uh, they've certainly got a, a very, very strong team. And uh, I'm just, uh, while we're talking, Dave, watching this derby trial now, it was at, uh, at Leopardstown last night. So, uh, yeah, um, no, the uh, the Godolphin team have hit the ground running in the in the features, but, uh, yeah, this horse was won by a very big margin, uh, Stone Age, and uh, beaten the colours that uh, State of Rest carried in the uh, in the Cox Plate. So, you know, it was... That's a pretty impressive win. Okay, so there you go. Stone Age uh, there last night. Moore and AP O'Brien. Uh, did anyone see the Archer on Saturday, boys? Yep. Did we catch the yep. Archer, the replay? Yes. Uh, I, I, obviously, terrible news to come out late in the evening, uh, or it actually came yeah. out yesterday morning with Ash Butler, the jockey. He was out celebrating with connections and, uh, and whatnot at a nightclub in Rockhampton. He's been king hit. Uh, apparently they're chasing the CCTV footage, and uh, that's that's awful news. But he got Emerald Kingdom home. Um, what did we make of the race? I mean, I think they got a good crowd on track, and it was a good spectacle for that part of the world, Duff. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's something they can grow with. It's a slot holders race, and Emerald Kingdom got the beautiful run. It was an on-pace race. He didn't go out as hard as expected Apache Chase. And uh, like I said, the first four in the run were the first four over the line, Emerald Kingdom, Apache Chase, and... Dawn Passage did a good job first up with Holyfield and Gem Song was the one that had to come from back in the field with the weight uh, uh, and um, it made it a little bit tough for him. So a hard race to assess considering how it was run. Got a bit lost being on a Saturday. I think they might be going to move it to a Sunday next year. Yes. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, definitely, definitely yeah, a Sunday next year. Yeah, I think uh, that would be uh, a fantastic. And in regards to uh, Munns, uh, did you catch any of the action or were you focusing there on Gosford? Uh, no, we were we were out the gate at by four fifty nine, Dave, to try and beat the traffic out of Gosford. But I did watch the replay on um, Thoroughbred Weekly yesterday, uh, and you know a lot of people say you know with Rocky with a six up basically a six hundred metre straight, you know it, it's hard to lead all the way. But um, that those on paces it just depends on the speed of the race. 
uh, how, how they go. But, um, you know, congratulations. It was an innovation by the Rockhampton Jockey Club. And they went out, they, they, they floated the idea, got found the, uh, the, the, the slot holders. They've managed to get them for three years. So this race has another two years to go as yet. Of course, they were, you know, there's some bad news on the day before with Streets of Avalon having to be scratched. And uh, then the, you know, the postscript with uh, Ash getting, I think it's broken in five places. His jaw, he's on his way to Brisbane uh, for Shocking. medical treatment in Brisbane. Uh, so he's out for a while. And I, I think they'd be very, very happy. Uh, I think charge if you could get uh, in, in during your, you know, your your show, Dave, over the next week or so. Go get on to Chargey. He'd be the man to tell you what the atmosphere was like on track and everything like that up there at Rocky. Or the Brolga. The other thing, the, well, the the where I was, yeah, the Brolga, Where I was leading with it though is Apache Chase. Obviously, it's a, it's an unorthodox way. I know that uh, Desley's already locked in and loaded for the Stradbroke, but. Um, was there any change or any movement in his price for that all-in market? There was a text in the text line sort of saying, why would um, you know, a Stradbroke horse be going to Rocky? Well, to race for good money. But anything doing there with that market, Glenn? Uh, well, I noticed in the 10,000 this week, so probably anticipating that he won't back up. He's gone from 26 out to 51 for that race there. So I'll go to the Stratty, Dave, which is down here and tell you that in that race... Uh, he is. I'll get it in price order as well. An Apache Chase. He's a $21 chance, and he's been $21 all the way through uh, in the, the nomination stage, uh, in the pre-noms market in the Stratty. Uh, once again, go back to the spreadsheet here and tell you in the pre-noms market, Apache Chase. He would have been right at the top there. He went up a $15 chance. So he's been 15 all the way through pre-noms and nominations, which were taken last week. He went up $21 and he's remained a $21 chance. All right. Horses to follow, gentlemen. It is 9.57. Uh, what are we following out of the weekend? Uh, Resonator, the two-year-old from me. Nothing tricky there. I'm going to stay on military missions back. And whether it's this prep or next prep, and Elusive Jewel's come up well. She was nosed out there by Solar Apex on Saturday, but I think John Thompson's got her going really well, and I reckon she might have fought back and won that race in another couple of strides. So a win is, another win is, or two is just around the corner for her. Dino? Uh, Princess Rainez from the Moody Yard ran third. It was a very fast race, and... She made a long run. I think she'll go to Adelaide for a 2,000-metre race in a couple of weeks. I think she's ready to win. Milton Park, uh, he didn't fire his first two runs, so they freshened him up, ran him in a short race on Saturday. He, went, he was terrific. I think the Winter Championship is his sort of race, and uh, we've spoken of Yafford, I think, the South Australian Derby on Saturday. I'm not sure he can beat Detonator Jack, but he'll run very well at nice odds. And Dave, one that... Uh, I mentioned from a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Drill, he's going to the Scone Cup on Friday. Race he's won before, and uh, gee, he's going well. All right, well, there's one for Scone we put down. Uh, Munns, um, looking forward to seeing you in Scone. What well, is... You, you, uh, your eyesight's good, Dave, because I won't be there. Um, <laughs> you know, you're not going, I'm not trying to even G up there. That wasn't even a G up. Are you not beginning <laughs> in Scone? No, Dave, I'm going to I'm going to Doombin for the 10,000. Okay, all good. That's, no that's drama, all right. Um, I'm more, I'm more concerned whether they'll race there, uh, Dave. So if, book it, lunch. it's a long way to go for no races, I can tell you <laughs> book that now. Lunch, Munch is saying book lunch. <laughs> somewhere down at the Riverside Centre, somewhere. You'll find somewhere good. Um, uh, what are your horses to follow, Black Munch? Hyde, Dave. Uh, Caxton Street. Um, 
Northern Beaches, Dave, out of the first. I'm looking at horses that were early in their preps, and I think he would take enormous benefit uh, the way that he looked in the enclosure there Saturday, Northern Beaches, in the first race there. Uh, out of the, the midway, Dalalat is screaming out for a firm track. He's, uh, even Nick Haywood said on Saturday his wheels were spinning in the middle of that race there, but he was very impressed with his last 100 metres, and I think once he strikes a firmer track, he's going to be very, very well suited. And I thought Rebel Rama, she looked well above herself in that mile race on Saturday, and I think she's got, uh, you know, she's only a benchmark 76, so she's still eligible, you know, for 72s and things like that in town. Uh, so, you know, picking off the easier races rather than looking for horses that are going on to carnival and harder races. All right. Well, all roads lead in New South Wales to Scone this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Great that we've got the carnival back there, the two-day carnival at Scone on Friday. We've got the Darley Scone Cup, 200,000 up for grabs and uh, a little... Uh, uh, interesting note there from Dino, Dr Drill, put that one down. It'll be, well, I hope it'll be a part of the acceptances uh, from the stable. English two-year-old challenge we'll see on Friday. Uh, the Country Cup and then on Saturday at Scone. Looking forward to some really good quality racing. We've got, obviously, the Dark Jewel Classic, the Arrowfield Dark Jewel Classic. We've got the Luskin Star the Hortensia, all that uh, listed. We've got Group 3, of course, that Dark Jewel Classic. We've got the Denise's Joy uh, for the three-year-old fillies, the Woodlands, and we've got uh, some good benchmark racing as well, and also that uh, Tab Highway, which is Class 3. Uh, what do we got? Uh, well, we've got the Doom and 10,000, don't we, guys? Uh, Munns up there in Queensland, and uh, obviously that big ray on the way, as we mentioned. And when's the barrier draw for the Newman 10,000? Are they doing that on a Tuesday? Are they doing that tomorrow? Uh, no, they. I, I don't. I don't know, Dave. I, they don't I do haven't it. That's heard, all right. Uh, anything um, regarding whether they've got any sort of uh, fanfare or whatever for the the ten thousand? Because uh, the noms only come out for the rest of the meeting today, and I think you'll find the. Um, I can look it up for you and text you through, Dave. But uh, Warwick Farms on Wednesday. Ronnie, uh, that horse you were looking at on Saturday uh, for Chris Waller is in a benchmark race on Saturday, uh, on Wednesday. And we danced, has come up with barrier 13 in a field of 13. And Darren Flindell will be happy. He'll be dusting off the lines because Democracy Manifest uh, is in again on Wednesday. So uh, I wonder what he'll come up with this week. He came up with a beauty on Wednesday when it was a late scratching. He said Democracy Manifest has been arrested by the police um, and won't be taking part. So I thought that was a goodie. South Australian yep. Derby there at Morfordville. Adino, we've got the Sires Produce, the Adelaide Guineas, and then they've got... Um, the uh, Provincial Series Final, uh, the Autumn Series Final, plus they've got the South Australian Sprint Series Final for qualified horses. So a big day for South Australian racing on uh, Saturday, mate. Yeah, it certainly is. And at Flemington, Dave, of course, uh, one uh, lucky horse will be exempt from the ballot for the this year's Melbourne Cup when they win the Ramsden on Saturday. So one, it's a half a million dollar race, 300,000 of the winner, but two, the ticket into the Melbourne Cup. So there's plenty on the line Saturday at Flemington. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Gentlemen, have a great week. Enjoy. Uh, any news to come out of uh, anything in the racing, we'll try and have it here on Racing HQ. Uh, go and enjoy your Friday, gents. See you, guys. Monday evening. Yeah, I'll let them enjoy Monday. Monday. Well, 
Friday what? even because we're talk- I'm talking Scone. I'm looking at Scone on the screen. I thought here. you were looking forward the to the one. weekend, Dave. You're just going to knock off at the end one, one o'clock today. Well, I'm not the one trying to organise a lunch already in Brisbane, praying the rain comes. J-Mac, uh, by the way, a text on the text line, J-Mac possibly down to ride Dr. Drill in the Scone Cup. So there's something we'll watch and wait and see what those jockey bookings are. We'll take a break on Punners Post Mortem when we return. We're going to preview two lots of New South Wales racing today.